So as we get uh, closer to um, um, to uh, let's go. As we get closer to uh, to Purim, so I think we could start. Uh, I think it's uh, enough time that we could already begin to see Purim related matters. This actually isn't even Purim. This is a uh, Parsha Zachar, as we're going to see. But uh, since this coming Shabbos is a uh, Parsha Shkalim, so that means that Parsha Zachar is not too off in the uh, not too far off in the distance. And there's uh, an interesting discussion related to that uh, to that mitzvah, which uh, which I found to be exciting. Which uh, like to go ahead and uh, and share and go uh, uh, go through with you. So um, so here we uh, will just begin with uh, the way Shochanach presents the mitzvah. So in source one over here that's on the screen, screen sharing. Yeah. So it says, I'm just going to straight put the screen. There we go. So we say Whoa. So the second Shabbos, this, so uh, Shulchan Aruch is talking about, this is in the simon, Tafresh Pehei Sibes. So this is the simon about the Dalit Parshios, about the, uh, the, the Parshios of Shkalim, Zachor, Para, and Chodesh, which we do uh, essentially throughout the month of Adar. Shkalim is actually the, uh, the end of the month preceding Adar Beis. But in the second of, those, of that series of four, so the Halach is, Motzi and Shnei Svarim. So we take out two Sifrei Torah. And Be'echad Kori Parshas HaShavua. The first one we read, the regular Parsha of the week. Ubesheni, and the second one we Kori, you read Zachor HaSashir Amalek. You go ahead and you read Parsha Zachor, what we, what we call Parshas Zachor. Umaftir, and the Haftorah for that week is Pakadi HaSashir Amalek. You should recall uh, what exactly Amalek did. And now, the specific issue which we are going to, uh, to explore as far as this mitzvah is concerned is whether or not there's an obligation to go ahead and read this mitzvah specifically, to, sorry, I shouldn't say read, to perform this mitzvah specifically with a minion. One element is, does it need a minion or not? And then the number two is going to be uh, the exact mechanics as far as how we're going to be Yotze this mitzvah, when we listen to the Balkore. So uh, uh, for obvious reasons, Art, you'll be our example of our Balkore for this. So when Art gets up to go ahead and read Parsha's Zachor, and all of us are going to listen attentively, so what exactly do we have to have in mind? And what are the mechanics as far as how we're going to go ahead and fulfill the, uh, the mitzvah? And we'll see that, uh, as we will discuss, so the, the initial thinking, which I imagine is running through everybody's mind at this moment, is we have a principle of Shomea Ka'ona, that when you listen to, uh, when there's a mitzvah to be performed, and you listen to somebody else do the reading, it's as if you are doing it, you're, you are reading it yourself. So that's the mechanics that we know, is, which is at work, Dur for, uh, for example, Megillus Esther. So when the Balkori gets up to read the Megillah, so really the, the language of the bracha is al-mikra Megillah. The language of the bracha is on the reading of the Megillah, but not everybody is reading together with the Balkori. The Balkori goes ahead and reads out loud and everybody listens. And Shomea, that listening is ka'one, is as if you read it yourself. So the real mechanics of the mitzvah are you are actually doing the reading, and you're doing the reading by listening to the Balkori. So that would be the standard way that any of the listening mitzvahs that we do 
So that's how we uh, that's how we are yotze. And the question is going to be: Is that the same mechanics which are at work when it comes to the mitzvah of uh, of, uh, of parsha zachar? Okay. So now to get ourselves into that uh, discussion. So now source number two. So this is a later sif within that same simon. This is Sif Zion of Tafresh Pehe. So here Shulchan Aruch says, switching. Yesh Omrim. Some people say Shaparsha Zachor Parshas Paraduma Chayavim Lekaram Midaraisa. So there are those who say that not only Parsha Zachor is a Daraisa, but even Parshas Par. That's the one which is most unusual, most most difficult to understand. But it's not our topic now. Maybe in a few weeks we'll do whether Parshas Par is Daraisa or not. But Parsha Zachor, the Shulchan Aruch brings down an opinion that says it's a Daraisa. Now. Therefore, what's the, in, in the event that we were to adopt this position, that Parsha Zachor is Midaraisa, so what's going to be the, what is going to be the, the Nafkamina? Why is that going to be important to know, regardless of whether it's Daraisa or whether it's Darbanan, either way you have to go to shul and you have to hear it being read. So what difference does it make whether technically it is Daraisa or Darbanan? So explain Shulchan Aruch Lefikach, that therefore... So if you have some people who live off in Yehopetzville, they live off in a village somewhere that does not have a regular minion which meets even on Shabbos. So So these village people have to go out of their way to be able to attend, to go to the big city, to be able to be in shul where there is a minion. Why? In order to hear these parshios, which are daraisa. So here, clearly, Shochan Aruch is of the opinion that if once you go ahead and you adopt the position that parsha zachar is a daraisa, so the nafkabina, what emerges from that is, in terms of mechanics, is so there's a chiv to read that parsha with a minion. And therefore, since there's a chiv to read that parsha with a minion, those people who don't regularly have a minion, they have to go out of their way. They have to go away, away from home for Shabbos in order to be in a place where there's going to be a minion so that they could fulfill the mitzvah. So clearly, Shulchan Aruch's opinion is they are to fulfill this mitzvah of Zechiras Amalek, of remembering Amalek, so it can only be done in the presence of a minion. If you didn't need a minion, then you could just stay home and read it out of a Sefer Torah without a minion. So the very fact that Shulchan Aruch mandates that the Yishuv people, the people in, in villages, are going to have to go to the big city to, to hear Megillah read with a minion, that clearly indicates to us what his opinion is. Okay, and now the source of this idea that it would actually be Daraisa, not that it would be Daraisa, that if it's Daraisa, it's going to require a minion. So the Taz goes ahead and explains it should be bolded. The Chayav and the Krosa Mina Torah. So the Taz goes and explains. Kazav Chumas Adeshen Simen Kuf Ches. So Chumas Adeshen writes one of the later Rishonim. He says Tzrichin Lizar Bekriya Bitzibur Tfei Memikra Megillah. So he says that one has to be more uh, um, um, conscientious to fulfill the mitzvah of of reading Parsha Zachor with a minion, with a, with its Sibor, more than you'd have to go out of your way in order to do that by Mikra Megillah, by Megillah reading. 
Why is that so? Now, we were all, the, the Truma Sadeshin is aware that many of us would think that the opposite, opposite is true, that Mikra Megillah may be a higher obligation, a, a stronger obligation than reading Parsha Zachor. So therefore, the Truma Sadeshin explains, even though in many ways, the mitzvah of Megillah is a stronger mitzvah, and as we know from the beginning of Maseches Megillah, those who would do Dafyomi, so it wasn't too far off that we did this, that we push aside many mitzvahs in order to assure fulfillment of the mitzvah of Megillah. Nonetheless, Mikol Malkom Ladas Rov Poskim, Nikris Achbiyachim. Still, as great a, a, of a mitzvah as Megillah is, according to most poskim, it can be fulfilled even if you read it by yourself. So if you take out your own Megillah and you read the Megillah to yourself, so that doesn't diminish at all from your fulfillment of the mitzvah. Aval, Parsha Zachor, but when it comes to Parsha Zachor, explains the Chumas Adashen, Kasev Ashri Beperk Shosh Shachlu, Da'asei Raisu Likra Be'asar. So he says that the, the rush is of the opinion in the Masechus Brachos, the rush goes ahead and says that reading Parsha Zachor is a mitzvah asay midda And therefore, not only is it a mitzvah asay midda to read it, but it has to be read specifically in, with a minion. Vidocha losa And therefore, since it's such a strong mitzvah, that's why it overrides the losase of the Torah, and I'll tell you in a moment what he's referring to, that the, the mitzvah, the positive mitzvah, which says that an Ebe Kanani should work for you forever. So what, what the, uh, the Rush is referring to in Masechah's Brachas over there, in Perch Shosheh is the story that the Gemara says, which the, uh, which the, Chuma, which the Taz, Chuma Sedeshen, are going to quote in a moment, but the, the Gemara tells the story of Rebelezer shows up in Shul. We could have done this tonight because we were short a minion uh, for a while. But Rebelezer shows up in Shul to go ahead and daven, and he didn't have, there wasn't a minion there. They had nine, but they didn't have a center. They didn't have a tenth. So Rebelezer says, no problem. You don't have to go ahead and make a phone call in order to find a center. I have an Eved Kanani with me. I'm going to go ahead and I'll free my Eved Kanani. I will release him from slavery. And once I release him from slavery, so then he, he, he qualifies as a full-fledged Jew, and he could go ahead and he could be our center. Ah, the Gemara asks, how could Rebbe Lezer do that when there's a mitzvah saseh, le'olam behem tavodu, that a slave, an Ebed Kanani, has to work for you forever, and you're not supposed to go ahead and free an Ebed Kanani? So the, the whole idea of le'olam behem tavodu, I thought there's a big machloket about that, that, that between whether it's a chova or a reshut. So he, so the Gemara over there in Brachos adopts the position that it's an obligation, or at least the Rush understands that's an obligation. And therefore he says the allowance, his position is that the only allowance Rebbe Lezer had in order to go ahead and free that slave was to fulfill some other Doraisa. So he says, Ulahachi, and it's for that reason, Sheikh Rebbe Lezer Avdo that Rebbe Lezer went ahead and he freed his slave in order to complete the minion. 
And that was in the rushes of the opinion that it wasn't just Stam, a Thursday night marv, that Rebbe Lezer was interested in freeing the slave in order to make a minion. His interest was in order to make a minion so that they could fulfill some da'araisa. Davening and davening with a minion is not a da'araisa. Davening perhaps is. But davening with a minion is not a da'araisa. So the Russians have the opinion that if Rebbe Lezer only wanted to go ahead and free the slave in order to make a mariv, so that would not be a sufficient reason. Because there's an assay which says, don't free him. And the obligation to daven with a minion is only darbanan. So Jarbanan minion isn't going to override the assay that he should remain a slave. And therefore, the rush is of the opinion that really what's going on is, is that they were trying to fulfill the Daraisa mitzvah of Parsha Zachor. And that's why to fulfill the mitzvah Daraisa of Parsha Zachor with a minion, so that overrides the assay of Lo Lembahem Tavodim. So can I ask a question on the wording here? I mean, it, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a picky point, but yes. the text here says, and Leolam Behem Ta'avodu appears to be an ase. So is that a... That's a good point. I don't, I, I don't know. Um... Oh, very good. In, in the Sefer, which I use, I, di- I didn't notice this part of it. He quotes it and he says, um, which part of it? Oh, no, that's a different part of it. Yeah, I'll have to look up the Chuma Sedeshin inside uh, later on. Um, what exactly? Let me see. If I could quickly look at the uh, at the rush. Uh, Um, let's see what Simon is, does it? Oh, sorry, Simon Chaf. It should probably say I say the the rush says I mean this the 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 Gemara says really the the, the, the is the wording of the Brisa the way the rush brings it down is Tanor Banim Ma'aseh Rebbe Lezer Shenichnas Avesa Knesses Vulamatsa Sham Asar so Rebbe Lezer walks into Shul doesn't find a minion Vishicher Avdo and he goes ahead and he frees his slave Vishimul Asar. And he that now completes the minion. How could he do this? Anybody who frees his slave is in violation of an assay. 
Shenemar, as it says, Olam Bem Tavodu. Okay. All right, so it's just a misprint here. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know exactly what they mean, but yeah, it should uh, it should certainly indicate that it be that it's a it's not set. You're correct. Okay, so this is um, as far as um, so this is as far as whether or not you have to go ahead and you're going to have to say it in the presence of a, of a minion, and um, but. And this is um, now in in th- this idea that you're going to need a minion and you're going to have to go ahead and listen specifically from it being read as a daraisa. So this is in some way uh, confirmed by Shochanach elsewhere. This is in Kufman Vav. This is in Hilchos Sefer Torah. So we're jumping Sif base, but we're jumping into the middle of a a, a sif over here, uh, the earlier part. Is talking just in general whether a person is allowed to study Torah during Kriyasa Torah. Do you have to specifically be attentive to what's being read or not necessarily? And you could learn uh, Torah if you have, let's say, reviewed the Parsha. And then in the middle of that, says Shochanach, and the, the last thing the Shochanach says, as far as that is concerned, is that if a person wants to review the Parsha while the Balkori is reading the Parsha of the week, so shari, so that is permitted. Now, here comes a qualification which we need. But this idea of not paying attention to, uh, to Kriyas Torah and studying Torah in general, or studying the Parsha specifically, all of that is true on a regular Shabbos, but has nothing to do with Parsha Zachor, or, he says, or Uparsha's Para, or Parsha's Para, Shehem, Mid ase basar midaraisa because by for parsha zachor and parsha's uh, um, uh, para so shulchan says that those are a mitzvah midaraisa to read it with ten so ten is an absolute requirement and being that it's a requirement you have to listen and be attentive to the balkore's reading. Okay, and he says, really, you should be listening to all of Kriya Satara from the Baltore, but at the very least, for Parsha Zachor, so Shochanar clearly confirms, in his opinion, that it's a mitzvah saseh, and part of the mitzvah is that it has to be read specifically with a minion present. And in the absence of a minion, so you're not going to be able to be, uh, you're not going to be able to be, uh, to be outside. So that is the opinion that Shochanar seems to take. And the Taz says that this is something which is traced back to the Truma Sadashan, who traces it back to the, uh, to the Rush. So it seemed to be that this is going to be something which is going to be an absolute mandate to make sure that, Kriya, that listening to Parshas Zachor is going to be specifically with a minion uh, of, of people. Okay, now, what does Mishabura say about this? So here we have a fascinating idea from the, uh, from the Mishabura. Uh, and he says as follows. So he says that the, he's talking about the same halacha, the halacha that we had back in uh, Source 2, in Tafresh Pehe Siv Zion, about being that the mitzvah of, uh, of Parsha Zachor is a darais, it has to be done with a minion. So he says, and therefore the people who live in villages where there are not minyanim who meet on a regular basis, they have to go out of their way to go to the big city in order to attend minion. So Mishabura says, Hainu, 
He says, what we're talking about is a person has a Sefer Torah, a private Sefer Torah in his own house. So he, he, he doesn't need to go to shul in order to be able to read Parsha Zachar from a Sefer Torah because he's got one in his, uh, in his, uh, his study. The only thing he does not have in his house is a minion. And therefore the halacha is, and even if you were to say, the minion of the Parsha Zachar, mm-hmm. and even if we were to go ahead and say that reading Parsha Zachar with a minion is Durabanan rather than Daraisa, which is not like what we had just concluded before we read the Mishabura. But he says, even if we were still to do so, so al kapanim ikur kriya zachor daraisa. The mitzvah itself, a parsha zachor, is for sure a daraisa. And now the Mishabura is saying that, that although all may agree that the mitzvah of, par- of reading parsha zachor is a daraisa, whether a minion is required, so that is something which is subject to debate. Chuma Sadeshan and Shacharach very well may maintain that it is that even reading with a minion is a Daraisa. But as we're going to see now, there are other opinions who maintain that the Mishabura seems to subscribe to that, who maintain that the requirement for a minion at Parsha Zachar is only Darabanan, not Daraisa. Now, why would we go ahead and why would we say that it is only Darabanan rather than Daraisa? Didn't we have pretty strong authorities? Who understood who the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Chumas Adesha and tracing itself all the way back to the Rush, saying that a minion is Daraisa. So, how do we reconcile that? So, here in the Sharetzion, so he says as follows Mishabur explains, he says, After Magen Avram, Hevi Bishem Chumas Adesha, Darash Kasav Daase, Daraisa, Likos Parsha, Zachab Asara, or one long statement. He says, Even though the Magen Avram referenced the Chumas Adesha, who was uh, who, refer- who himself referenced the rush as indicating that part of the assay of, parsha- of reading Parsha Zachor is that it has to be with a minion, says the Sharetzion, any odea shumakorleza. He says, I actually am not familiar with any clear source which would indicate that that is true. So now we're thinking in our head, what do you mean? We had a proof from the Gemara and Brachos which talked about the necessity to have a minion. So that's why Rebbe Lezer was able to go ahead and free his slave. Welcome. He was able to free his slave in order to make sure that there was a minion to fulfill the Daraisa of Parsha Zachor. So how could the Mishabura say that he doesn't know of any source that indicates that there's an assay, that there's a, that part of the mitzvah of, of reading Parsha Zachor is it has to be done in a, with a minion. So says the Mishabura, he says, He says, the reason why Rebelezer went ahead and freed his slave is not because the, there is a daraisa necessity for a minion, but rather, is because since the mitzvah of Parsha Zachor is itself daraisa, so therefore he wanted to go out of his way, even for the drabanan requirement of a minion, he wanted to go ahead and he was he thought that that's a reason to override the assay against freeing a slave. And therefore, Rabban and his... Isn't that strange? That wow. he thought that he thought that he could be over a Diorisa in order to uh, satisfy a rabbinic requirement? So, yeah. So the Mishabura is saying that since the rabbinic requirement is, is, uh, uh, is a... Uh, 
tacked on to a daraisa mitzvah. Nor it, it, it was. It's not as if he was doing a rabbinic. He was not overriding a nasei daraisa to fulfill a rabbinic mitzvah. He was overriding a nasei daraisa to fulfill a mitzvah daraisa, which has this derabanan element. But since the, the origin of the mitzvah is still a daraisa, so that's, in the, in the opinion of the Mishnah that's still going to carry weight, which allows you to override the assay of lolem behem tavodu. That's his chiddush, indeed. And he says, he says, v'yanti berash, and he says, I looked up the Russian side, v'ein hechrich ledivrei tumah and this amazing thing that uh, you, you, we would think of the, the Mishabura as being this very humble uh, individual who would defer to uh, the, uh, the understanding of the rush of a Rishon, of the Chuma Sadeshan's reading of the rush, especially because it's quoted by the Magad of Ram and by the Taz. And yet the Mishabura says, listen, I looked up the rush myself, and I don't see a compelling reason to read the rush as the Chuma Sadeshan did. And therefore, I don't. Uh, I, I I disagree with his conclusion to uh, that says that the the requirement for a minion at Parsha Zachar is a daraisa, and in the, his humility is he says v'tzarchim, he says that you have to research the, the matter a little bit more. But he himself clearly is of the opinion that he's not impressed by saying that uh, that that the conclusion of the Chuma Sadashin that a minion is a daraisa. And he doesn't feel that the uh, the proof cited by the Truma Sadashin is compelling at all or is uh, necessarily definitive. And therefore, he's of the opinion that uh, that it's not necessarily do you need a, a, a minion. Okay, now he says, now, the next thing we have over here is the Lavush. So what exactly is the, uh, is the nature of the mitzvah? So he says, Lavush here has a fascinating idea. And this is Lavosh. He's one of the earlier commentators on Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. He was a student of the Ramah, but he was a, 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 a he writes a, 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 an ongoing commentary with uh, of the on the on the uh, Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. And he says Haremikan. So he says from here we see Sheparsha Zacher Hidaraisa Lefidas Tzas Post Machronim. So he says that the mitzvah of Parsha Zachar is Daraisa. Now he says it's only according to some poskim. Shulchan Aruch took it as a given that the mitzvah itself is Daraisa. The whole discussion over here is whether the minion at Parsha Zachar is a Daraisa. But Shulchan Aruch took it as a given that the mitzvah itself is a Daraisa. Lavush says that that may be not universally held. That may be something which is held by only some authorities. But either way, Avbishim hi Daraisa. Now here he raises a fascinating thing. He says, even if we go ahead and accept the premise that reading Parsha Zachar is a Daraisa, there's nothing Daraisa which says you have to read it on the Shabbos before Purim. Obviously Purim didn't exist for the Torah, but he says there's nothing special Midaraisa to go ahead and read it specifically on this, on this Shabbos. And he says, in fact, Really, the appropriate month to read Parsha Zachor would be the month of Iyar. Why would we read it in the month of Iyar? Because the first battle that the Jews and Amalek had with one another in Parsha's Beshalach, where they were in the, near the area of called Rafidim, was that took place in the month of Iyar. So really, if we're going to go ahead and we're going to read Parsha's Amalek 
to commemorate the attack that Amalek had on the Jewish people in, its, in the time of year when it originally occurred. So that should actually take place in the month of Iyar. So why is it that we're reading it in Adar rather than in Iyar, uh, rather than Iyar? So he says, He says, It may very well be that Midaraisa, there is no mandate to read Parsha Zachar specifically on this Shabbos. He says, the mitzvah midaraisa is, you have to read Parsha Zachar some Shabbos during the year. And it doesn't make a difference as far as the Torah is concerned. So the Torah is not going to be specific which Shabbos it's going to be. Just choose some Shabbos that you're going to go ahead and read it. Umasra liad beistin. And it was given over to Basin to go ahead and decide when they want to go ahead and schedule the reading of Parsha Zachor. That, and that was the way the mitzvah was fulfilled from the time, this amazing thing. He says, from the time of Har Sinai, all the way until the Purim story, which is at the end of the exile between the first base Amitash and the second base Amitash. So there was no set schedule when they would go ahead and read Parsha Zachor. And every community can decide that there's going to be one Shabbos year, which they're going to call Parsha Zachor, special Kiddush that week, and all sorts of different things which they would, uh, they would do, get many sponsorships for, uh, for Kiddush. It's a good fundraiser. But they would go ahead and they would schedule it at whatever Shabbos they wanted, but everybody had to do it some Shabbos over the course of the year. Then, Allah should be made Mordechai Ubeistino. Then, following the Purim story, where we now have a Purim story, and now there's a reason to go ahead and want to juxtapose reading Parsha Zachor with the Purim story, with Purim, which is coming up. So then, So they decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to set into the schedule permanently that every year on the Shabbos before Purim is when we're going to read Parsha Zachor from now on. But that was something which was introduced later on. But it's not something which was mandated by is part of, as part of the the original uh, the original uh, 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 mitzvah which which we have, and therefore, so we could say that um, uh, so along these lines, so Chazal could come along now that we see that the mitzvah was to read it at some point, and there's a certain amount of flexibility within fulfillment of the mitzvah. So it could very, very well be the safer, which I, which I was using, which you're about to quote in a, uh, uh, specifically in a moment. So he, he writes as follows. They are, that the nature of the mitzvah is, it's sort of like the mitzvah of Chalamoid. Uh, sorry, like the, uh, the Isser Malach on Chalamoid. That the Torah says you're not allowed to do Malach on Chalamoid, but the Torah gave Chazal the power to determine which Malachas are going to be allowed and which are not going to be allowed. So even though there's a Durabanan element to it, the Durabanan were empowered by the Torah to go ahead and define the mitzvah as they see fit. So it may very well be, and this will address also the, the point that you raised before, Art, in terms of the fact that this is really only a, uh, uh, the requirement of a minion is only Durabanan. So how does that override the assay? So it could be that according to the Lavush, that since the parameters of the fulfillment of the mitzvah was given over to Chazal, so they have the ability to go ahead and overlay onto the mitzvah daraisa so this requirement for a, uh, for a minion. And even though it wasn't really part of the daraisa, but they have the ability to set up the parameters of the mitzvah, and that's why it could carry weight, which is similar to a daraisa. 
And that's a, a, a possible thing. Okay, now that we know that you have to go ahead and it's going to be read with a, uh, with a minion. So now we have an interesting question. And he goes that, and this is from a sefer called Kovetz Halachos. This is a, a sefer written by a Rav Daniel Klein, Kleinman, I think his name is. Daniel Kleinman, yeah. Uh, but really, it's considered to be a, uh, a collection of, he wrote on all of the Amitovim, and now he's making his way through Hilcho Shabbos, but it's really considered to be a collection of halachas of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky. That any question which came up in terms of halacha lemaisa, so that was presented to Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, and this is how Rav Shmuel's um, uh, uh, perspective on halacha lemaisa. So this is how it is being uh, published and being uh, presented to uh, to the world. So he says as follows: It's very it's very interesting the way he presents it in terms of the exchange which he had with Rav Shmuel, and how he thought one thing, and Rav Shmuel uh, corrected him and told him that, that that he was wrong. And he presents it very honestly in terms of what he thought and what Rav Shmuel actually holds. So he says, So whatever you want to say in terms of the primary mitzvah of wiping out a malik, whether it's going to be daraisa or darbanan, with a minion or without a minion, putting all of those issues aside, he says, What's clear is, is that every individual has an obligation to go ahead and fulfill the mitzvah of mechias amalek. And we're not talking about whether women are included in the mitzvah or not. That's a different discussion, which also we may hold off for, uh, for another time. But he says it's a mitzvah. So what he's emphasizing is, is that there are certain mitzvahs which are on the tzibur. Many hold that kriya satora is a chiyuv on the tzibur rather than on an individual. And therefore, if an individual, remember we talked about this at the beginning of Corona, that if an individual misses a parsha one week, so there's no chiyuv to go ahead and make it up as long as the tzibur went ahead and read kriya satora. But he says the, the mitzvah of Mechiyas Amalek, of Zechiyas Amalek, is a mitzvah which is incumbent on every, uh, on every individual. And now he says, And it's going to be fundamentally different than the mitzvah of Kriyas Torah, which we have all year round. Which is a tzibur's obligation rather than an individual's obligation. Okay, now being that it's incumbent on every individual, so therefore, I I, uh, I discussed with my with my rabbi, meaning of Shmuel Kamenetsky, that in order to go ahead and fulfill this mitzvah of wiping out Amalek, so like we said in the introduction, the mechanics which are going to be at work for this mitzvah uh, to be fulfilled is that when Art gets up in shul and he goes out and reads Parshas, uh, Parshas uh, Amalek, so we are all fulfilling our personal obligation using the mechanics of Shomea Ka'ona, that when we listen to Art, it's as if we're reading it ourselves, and that's how we're fulfilling the mitzvah. Because really, each individual has their own personal obligation to read Parshas Amalek from a Sefer Torah. But since many of us do not know how to read Parshas Amalek from a Sefer Torah, so it suffices for us to go ahead and listen to Art's reading. And when we listen to Art, read the, myth, the, uh, the, the Parsha, it's as if we are reading it ourselves. And that's how we all fulfill our personal uh, obligation. And that's what the author, this of Kleinman, this is what he suggested are the mechanics of the mitzvah 
uh, that uh, would uh, would work for everybody. But then he says, Achmori Rabbi Shlita, but my Rabbi meaning of Shmuel Kamenetsky, Amar He told me I'm incorrect. That would be an incorrect assessment or an incorrect understanding of the mitzvah. Dine kaven to get a mitzvah zechiras amalek who bekriam in a sefer torah being that the obligation to go ahead and read or to fulfill the mitzvah of amalek by reading the sefer torah in the bitzibur mistabra together dachiyuva lav hainu shekol echatzar liska idei dibur bepif. He says the mitzvah is not the 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 essential uh, bare bones um, obligation of the mitzvah is not for each individual to go ahead and read himself from a Sefer Torah, to remember the, uh, the parsha. There is no chiyuv. He's now cha- he's changing around the fundamental understanding of the mitzvah. And he says the mitzvah is not an obligation that each individual has to read parsha Zachor. And rather than each individual read Parsha Zohar, we listen to the Balkori, we listen to art, read it on our behalf. He says that's not the nature of the mitzvah. The nature of the mitzvah is not for each individual to read it for himself. Ella Here you got to take out your thumb. You got to be, be a lambdin over here, he says. The real mitzvah is to remember Amalek be, uh, as a result of hearing Kriyasa Torah. So the mitzvah isn't the reading of Parshas Amalek. The mitzvah is really to remember Amalek following hearing the psukim being read. But the mitzvah isn't the kriya. The mitzvah is really zechira, is really to recall what Amalek did to us. That's really the mitzvah which is going on over here. In other words, the rami that really somebody has to read Parshas Amalek B'tzibor, and as a result of that, that reading has to trigger in me a memory of Amalek. In the mitzvah is the memory which I experience following Kriya Satora, but not the actual reading itself. And therefore, And in order to fulfill the mitzvah of remembering which was triggered by a Kriya Torah, so it really doesn't make a difference whether I read it for myself or whether I hear somebody else read it, because either way, the mitzvah isn't to read it, the mitzvah is to recall that was, uh, that, that was, that was triggered by Kriya Torah. In other words, Shashat's Kari B'piv, that the Shiat Tzibur goes out and reads Parsha Samalek, and now I am going to recall what they did by listening to that reading. And therefore he says, and in order to fulfill this mitzvah, the mitzvah is really going to be the hearing of it, which is the mitzvah, and that's not the reading of it. So being that it's if the mitzvah was the reading of it, then we have to invoke the principle of shomea ka'one. But being that the mitzvah is not the actual reading, it's the remembering of it, it's the memory of it, so that doesn't require reading, and therefore we don't need the mitzvah of, the, the principle of Shomea Kona. Somebody just has to read it, as long as somebody read it, and now my memory is triggered, so then that's going to be the fulfillment of it, is that the Kriya triggered my memory, and the, the mitzvah is fulfilled with my memory, and not the reading of it per se. Rabbi Shaffel? Yeah. Um, I believe that the Parshat Zachar is talking about the attack by Amalek 
on the Jewish people when they left uh, Mitzrayim. Right. After they left Mitzrayim. But if if a person, we say to remember what Amalek did to you, is that specifically what we're supposed to remember? Because we also have, because it is right before Purim, or, or perhaps we're supposed to think about the attempted genocide by um, by uh, by uh, Haman, or perhaps we're supposed to think about uh, the Holocaust, uh, because um, uh, clearly uh, the, some of the Nazis considered themselves to be the uh, descendants of Amalek, and maybe they were. Um, so I, I, I'm wondering what 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 does it mean to remember um, what what Amalek are we trying to remember, or any of them? Right. So uh, the, the the simple uh, meaning of it is going to be to remember the original event, the one which took place in Rafidim. Not necessarily every Amalek attack which has taken place, uh, the Jewish people have experienced over their uh, over our history, but it's going to be specifically uh, that. That one, if you look in the Sefer Chinuch, that's the way he seems to, uh, to frame it. He writes, just part of it is Mitzvah, say, Liz Masha Asa Lano Amalek, and he goes on to say, when we, when we left Mitzrayim, when we were on our way to uh, Tar Sinai. So it becomes more conceptual, uh, the rest of it, but the, uh, the, the Iker Mitzvah is really going to be that, uh, the, uh, uh, that original event. Now, the question now, uh, w- w- uh, an issue which, which he addressed, or sort of like a proof to this idea that, that the, the listening to, to uh, Parsha Samalik in Shul is not, does not work in the mechanics of Shomea Ka'ona. So he brings a fascinating proof to this idea. And this, uh, he, br- he brings it in source number nine. So in source number nine over here, so you have another uh, halacha from the Lavush. This is in Reish Pei Beis, Sif Dalad, which is talking about the ma- reading Maftir on Shabbos. And he's talking about all the different parameters reading Maftir on Shabbos. And he says, in the middle of his discussion of the Levush writes, on a day where we're going to take out two or three Sifre Torah. So this is a Yantif, this is a Rosh Chodesh, this is, you know, whatever special occasion. So HaMaftir, Kari Le'olam Bacharona. So the maftir is always going to read from the last, is whatever re- reading is done from the last Sefer Torah. So on a week where there's two Sefer Torah, the maftir is Sefer Torah number two. On a week where there's three Sefer Torah, so the maftir is going to be number three. And then he says, And the halacha of reading maftir is that it could technically be done even by a child who's not yet bar mitzvah. Now here comes a key line for us. And even when we're talking about the special reading of Parsha Zachar, Parsha Shkalim, Parsha Zachar, Parsha Par, and Parsha Chodesh, some of which are the Raisa, Parsha Zachar, yes. Some people say even Parsha's Par. So we're talking about that these have Torah, these Maftirs are the Raisa. Still, we're not Makbid. It doesn't bother us at all if the one who's reading it is a child. We don't pask in that way, do we? I... No. I mean, it's machlokis. Therefore, we, we adopt a, uh, a, a more stringent opinion for the Daraisa. But the, the point which we want to bring out from the Lavush over here is a conceptual point. And that is 
that the Levush is of the opinion that reading Parsha Zachar is a Daraisa, and yet he allows a child to read Parsha Zachar. So now, the thinking is, is that if the, the person reading Parsha Zachar, if when Art gets up on the, that Shabbos and reads Parsha Zachar, and we all listen attentively to his reading, we're Yotze with Shomea Ka'one, so then the only way Shomea Ka'one works is if both the reader and the listener are have an obligation to do the mitzvah. Normally, when you say Shomea Ka'one, like by, by, by Tekiah Shofar, so you can't have a child blow Shofar on behalf of the tzibur, because since a child is not obligated to the mitzvah, so he cannot perform the mitzvah on behalf of others. Shomea Ka'one doesn't work when the person who's doing the reading is a person who is not obligated in the mitzvah. So here you have the Levush who recognizes that Parsha Zachar is a Daraisa, and yet allows the child to go ahead and read them after. So if the mechanics were Shomea Ka'one, that wouldn't make any sense, because you can't have a child do the reading on behalf of an adult. The only way that we can make sense out of this Levush is to assume that what the child is doing is that the mitzvah is not the reading per se, and that's why we don't need Shomea Ka'one. The mitzvah is just to be triggered into the fact that the, the, our memory of Amalek, and therefore, since the child is not reading on our behalf, he's just triggering us, So, but he's not doing the mitzvah on our behalf, so therefore, even a child could serve as the trigger for all the adults in the room to now recall what Amalek did to us when we left Mitzrayim and we were on our way to, uh, to Har Sinai. And this, he sees, is a proof to this idea that the nature and the, the character of the mitzvah of of Mechias Amalek is not working in the mechanics of Shomea Ka'ona, but rather it's going to be this other gather of the fact that he is just triggering our memory. And the author goes on to say, and this is not without precedent, he goes on to say, if, in case you want to see uh, elsewhere, we have such an idea. He says, keeps going, Venera, Shegeder Zechirai De Kriyas Parsha Damalek. He says it would seem that the nature of this mitzvah of Parsha Samalik, it resembles what the Bahag writes in terms of a woman's obligation to hear the Megillah being read. I think we did this last year. The Bahag is of the opinion, at least the way some people understand the Bahag, is that in contrast to men, where there's an obligation to read the Megillah. So when it comes to women, their obligation isn't to read the Megillah per se, it's to hear the Megillah being read. V'nifsak ledina, and he says, keep showing on, he says, V'nifsak ledina, V'shochan arach simen tafresh peydesi beis, because of Prima Gadim, and the Prima Gadim writes an explanation of this, so if a woman is in shul and she hears the Balkari read the Megillah, it doesn't work in the mechanics of but rather what she's fulfilling in the mitzvah by hearing the Megillah. So since all she needs to do is hear the Megillah, so you don't need the mechanics of Shomea Ka'ona. I don't think anybody says that a woman would be able to hear from a child, which we'd have to ask Rabbi Kleinman about why that would not be the case. But he's bringing out this idea that sometimes there's such a thing, it's such a mitzvah as just hearing it and not necessarily reading it. So even though you can only hear it from somebody who's reading it, 
But nonetheless, the mitzvah is to hear, not necessarily to read, and therefore you don't have to invoke this principle of shomea ka'ona. And he says, and that would seem to be the nature of the mitzvah, even as far as this mitzvah is concerned, as Chiras Amalika is concerned, that the mitzvah is not reading the parsha. The mitzvah is to be triggered into a memory of the parsha by it being read. But it's not the reading, it's the triggered memory, which is really the, uh, the, the, the mitzvah itself. You just have to be triggered by a Kriya Torah, and that can be done, at least according to Lavush, even by a child could go ahead and be the trigger for that, uh, that particular memory. And that is the, uh, the uh, thought as far as the, uh, this, uh, the mitzvah of uh, Zechir HaSamalek is, uh, is concerned.